Hey, beings, welcome to the Self-Tivity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to providing content that contributes to our health, our well-being, and our mindset by sharing resources, stories, and perspectives that can assist our self-investment journey, mindful entrepreneurial journey, and or financial well-being journey. Thank you for being here for the latest series on the podcast, Religion and Spirituality. The following episode is open to this conversation. Only continue this episode if you are prepared to experience the conversation outside of yourself and experience it from a different angle or perspective. If religion and spirituality is a sensitive topic and you are easily offended, practice not taking it personally and enhancing your faith or remove yourself from this experience. All content shared today is intended to be an exercise to freely talk and is not intended to be professional advice, but intended to bring questions to bring us closer together and understand one another. Only put stock in the thoughts in life that align with your self-investment goals. Let's get into today's episode. Are you ready? Because I am. Hey, hey, beings. Welcome back to the self Duty Podcast. I have an exciting show today. I've been waiting for something like this and it just popped right into my hand. So I'm definitely aligned, guys. So today I have Jenny De La Cruz on the show and we'll be talking about some fun things. But first, let me just give you a little bit of background about her and then I'll give her an opportunity to tell her story and say hello. But I'm just so excited, guys. I'm just getting right into the episode because <laughs> I'm pumped for these questions. I'm a pumped for the experience that I have for you guys today. So let me just give you some background on Jenny De La Cruz. She's a licensed therapist um, with about 15 years of experience. She specializes in trauma-focused therapy, depression, anxiety, couple therapy, and grief. Uh, Jenny's approach combines cognitive behavioral therapy, Christian counseling, client-focused therapy, trauma-focused therapy, career counseling, and play therapy. She graduated with her master's in counseling from Philadelphia University and earned her specialization on trauma-focused therapy, also known as CBT, from Widener University. She works with both children and adults from ages six and up. And I just really, guys, I just got this information from her website, but I do follow her online. She's also known as your Black therapist. And guys, I am big (laughs) on just that title alone. So like, I'm excited about having her. But Jenny, I don't know, I did a lot of talking. (laughs) I would love for you to kind of share your story in your own words. Tell us who you are. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for creating this space for me to be here, first of all. So a little bit about me. I'm actually a first generation Haitian American, born in Brooklyn, New York, Sacrasse for all my zones out there. And yeah, I actually fell in love with psychology in high school. It was offered for the first time as a senior course and I took it and it was like this is what I need to the direction I need to go in it just clicked with me and I really always had that desire to be in a helping professions but I wasn't really sure where to go with it and so honestly my passion with helping women especially who experience trauma whether it's domestic violence childhood abuse it comes actually from my own experience of trauma growing up unfortunately but it has really helped me to connect with my clients in a deep way because I'm not only an expert, but I'm coming from someone who has walked for that journey of recovery and healing. And it's a continuous journey. 
But right now I reside in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And a little more about me. I'm also, fun fact, a an author. I write children's books that promote critical thinking skills and emotional development. And so that's like my passion project, my way to give back to my community as a mental health professional. Oh my goodness. I have to get my hands on those books. If you can just share, probably at the end, we'll share all of your, um, your okay. information and how people can get connected with it because that is absolutely awesome. I have a different podcast that's focused on motherhood. So if you're okay with coming on that one too, I'm, listen, I'm trying to book you again. <laughs> listen, I'm with it. <laughs> we can talk about that too. But today, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because I do a lot of meditation videos on my YouTube channel. And I wanted to get a therapist perspective on just meditating in general. How does it help? Like what can get in the way of having proper meditation? Because oftentimes I'll see comments and it will kind of be focused on like how their attention might go away. And I try to like be creative with the meditation process because I think that it's still an experience that you can have, but we all look at it differently. So what is the therapist's perspective on meditation and whether it helps or what tools or resources would you provide to those who are trying to meditate? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I believe that meditation is very crucial, especially in our journey towards uh, growing in our self-awareness, especially in our journey towards healing and wholeness. And I believe that it can be part of our lifestyle, just like we drink water every day, but it can be that involved, right? That like, this is what I do. Like, it's not, it's a part of me, but there are sometimes obstacles that do get in the way. One of the most popular obstacles I hear that people share is, well, I never have enough time. And with the hustle and bustle of life, that's very a common one. Also, sometimes I find that people don't really know. They have this idea that you have to be on a yoga mat. You know what I mean? Your yeah. eyes closed. Your ears. <laughs> like, no, you can do meditate anywhere. I mean, because yeah. a lot of times during the day, there are breaks, but we don't realize it. It could be you're online in a grocery store. That is a break. You're waiting, you're at the doctor's or dentist appointment and you're waiting for the doctor to come in. That's a perfect opportunity right there to meditate. And I think that when you are able to meditate and model that, especially as a parent, you brought up your, your podcast, guess what? Kids pick up on that energy. And there's so many great activities that we can do to teach children if you have a family. Something as simple as, okay, when we wake up, let's take a moment to explore the morning with our senses. Yeah. Let's like just name the things that we see, that we hear, that we smell. It could be something as simple as noticing, okay, our neighbor's lawnmower, the softness of the pillow, the birds chirping, the smell of coffee or bacon. So, I mean, it really doesn't have to be as deep as we make it. Yeah. You know, I had that same perspective and I didn't want to like just go off with that. But I do think that we make meditation deeper than it needs to be. Like when I see people respond with like, sometimes I think about other things. Well, sometimes I do think about other things, but there's still peace that I find in like trying my best to just 
be centered and maybe have the meditation music in the background. I try to make different ones where one is like guided meditation so you can just kind of hear someone's voice. So it's kind of like helping you, guide you through there. But then uh, there's also just music and like brown noise sounds or white noise sounds where you just kind of feel relaxed because of the sound, which kind of leans to what you were saying, like the smell of coffee. Just those intentional little pieces in life can be therapeutic, could be, what is it? I don't know, meditational. I don't know what the, what the word is. Listen, we can make up our <laughs> You know, I actually want to hit on that because you are known as your Black therapist. Mm -hmm. And I had an experience with my first Black therapist. She was actually my first therapist. And I thought that that was so important for me Mm -hmm. to find someone who was Black and that was a woman. And when I moved to a different state, that's exactly what I looked for. I looked for someone who's Black and a woman, but there was like limited... At this time, we didn't really tap into like the virtual therapy as Mm -hmm. much, but there was limited access to a Black woman therapist. And then when I got someone who was a Black woman therapist, they wasn't a good fit. So it was very like... (laughs) Illustrated. Yeah. (laughs) But I also want to speak on that because I didn't know if I was limiting myself because I was just looking for a Black therapist. I did end up talking to to someone who was white and was a woman and I did have some type of transformation but I was stuck on it being a black woman too but I said that I had to open myself up because I didn't have any choices but it didn't fail me so why do you identify yourself as a black therapist and and what is the importance behind being a black therapist Mm -hmm. to you? Yeah no that's a great question and I think to be honest as people of color you don't necessarily have to go to a black therapist but you need to go to a therapist that has some cultural competency, yeah. right? But, you know, I find that, believe it or not, only 10%, actually less than 10% of mental health professionals are Black. Mm-hmm. So really, we are very small in number. And I find that many times, at least I can only speak for my clients, you know, they have these experiences where they were misdiagnosed or they felt like when they met with their therapist, they had to code switch. And mm-hmm. sometimes their experiences that were cultural were not really understood. I'll give you an example of someone who happens to be a Christian woman and she was talking about her cultural experience and people, you know, speaking in tongues. And, you know, her therapist saw it as who wasn't black, mm-hmm. some psychotic mm-hmm. situation that can be really damaging for someone, especially if you're talking about something that is very sensitive, maybe experience where you are unjustly treated in the workplace. And your therapist said, do you really think that was the case? And you feel almost like invalidated. And so I think for some people, it is extremely important. And I wanted to help the algorithms. I'm like, listen, I'm going to be on YouTube, (laughs) you know, talking about mental health, awareness, self-care, anxiety, depression, trauma. I didn't want people to have a hard time finding me. So they put in Black therapists, make it easy for them. Just call myself your Black therapist. And yeah. guess what, Danny? It what? has my name has been challenged, believe it or not. I had what? a Asian male respond in one of my comments and I left it in there. Uh-huh. And he said, Oh, how can you call yourself your black therapist? Because if I was to call myself your white therapist, I'm sure you two would flag it. And I said, Well, I answered him because I said, you know what? I wanted to challenge him. And I said, well, I don't know what YouTube would do, but I told him, you know, unfortunately, I gave him the stats. Only less than 10% of therapists are Black. And it's really hard for people to find our 
perspective that we offer. And so I say it's all about your intentions. What would be your intention to create a channel like that? Guess what? Crickets, girl. Crickets. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I digress. Yeah. And I'm glad you see, I like to lead with data, like, because a lot of times we kind of have these assumptions about life and they're really close to our experience. And sometimes that could be a square, like, oh, all men are bad or all black men are bad or all these because of the experiences that you have. But when you really look at data, it's like, no, a lot of these men are good fathers and good communities and things like that. Or so when you bring data, it really kind of supports the story that, you know, we're trying to share why we even have to say your black therapist is important because like you said, the algorithm then we need to be able to find someone. I said, from my experience, my limited experience, I know people have different experiences. I could not find another Black therapist when I moved to a different state. And it was because it was limited. Like, that was my experience. It was limited right. to someone who was a Black therapist. And then again, I was still working with someone who was young. But I also like to point out that even if it's not that Black therapist, I also like to point out that the therapist had experience with life. Because sometimes I don't want to have the experience of like, just you telling me what's in a book because some of these things right. I also learned in school and I can see it and write it but that experience is a, a whole different story but most of the time if I'm talking about experience it is related to me being a black woman in America mm-hmm. like if we removed that and we didn't have all of these obstacles like that then I really probably wouldn't even need to go to therapy <laughs> but because uh-huh. of what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> but because of what it feels like to be a black woman in America and all of those things that happened that was pretty much a big bulk of my conversation Mm -hmm. along with religion and spirituality and kind of having that journey too. Those are the two big pieces that I think divided me from the world. And I wanted to be able to talk to someone who wasn't absolutely in my circle of friends that Mm -hmm. I could be free to say anything I wanted to say. But what I want to do now is I want to play a game and I'll share what the game is called. It's called Thought ER. And so the Thought ER game is played this way. So I'll have seven different unpopular opinions related to therapy and you'll respond. Um, You'll have a minute on the clock and you can use that full minute or you can just use 30 seconds. I know that we're probably short on time, so we can probably do 30 second responses. Okay. And so this will be an organic response of how you respond to these seven scenarios. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm ready. Ready? (laughs) And again, for context, for those who are listening, so I'm getting all of these unpopular opinions from online. I'm using a lot of online data for a lot of my games. I mean, these come from forums, open forums, where people are just sharing their thoughts about therapy. Mm -hmm. All right. So number one, I was thinking about how expensive therapy could be. And it hit me that there is no incentive to make it affordable. Poor people like me work low-skilled jobs so we are replaceable. If I kill myself, society won't care because they can replace me at a job. A high-skilled worker can be easily replaced so they don't want them killed. So therapy is expensive and reserved for the middle-class skilled worker. Poor people like me can kill themselves and won't matter so society won't waste resources on me. 30 seconds on the clock, how would you respond? Well, I would personally respond by saying that Yes, therapy, it can be expensive, but a lot of therapists do offer a sliding scale. And I actually am one of them. I do offer a sliding scale based on income. I offer a discount for college students and single women. So there are therapists that are willing to work with you. In fact, I know this one woman in my community who actually throughout the years, she always have a few former case that are pro bono free. She always makes sure she has three people in case of who, who are not paying. That's her way to give back to me. 
community. And so I would encourage you to do some research and see what's out there. I also know another organization in my city that offer Christian counseling for free that are supported by various churches. But sometimes we don't know because we're not aware. And so, and, you know, I think about that saying that says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And so do your research. I forgot to tell you that I'm going to give you a, a little sign. I love it. <laughs> and you know, I got it. Once you did it, I was like, there we go. <laughs> you stay <there>, like, <laughs> okay, next one. I've been seeing my therapist for a few years and my psychiatrist is always quick to remind me that seeing a therapist so long is paying for a friend. But after a lifetime of abuse and trauma, I feel like our therapeutic relationship is immeasurably healing. What do therapists think of these long-term clients? I certainly appreciate my therapist who has been there for me through my mom's cancer, passing my MBA and leaving an abusive marriage. Is the length of working a relationship a problem to be solved? Yeah, you know, I don't see anything uh, wrong with working with a therapist for uh, years, especially if you have experienced complex trauma, complex PTSD. I do believe that there should be seasons, though, when you do take some breaks so that you can apply the skills independently to strengthen your ability to manage your own emotions and, and stressors. But at the same time, for someone who experienced complex trauma myself, I have been in and out of therapy, but do take breaks. Oh, so they got loud. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're we moving along. Next one. Therapy is known to alleviate and calm our feelings of stress, anger, or grief. For the most part, therapy helped me relax and deal with my personal issues. However, there were times when I was overwhelmed by my therapy sessions and wanted to stop them. 30 seconds on the clock, how do you respond? You know, I always say it's important to advocate for yourself. And I'm always the first to say to my clients that even though I'm the expert, you're the guide. If I ask you a question and you don't want to go there, don't. And it's okay to tell your therapist, I think we should end early because you're flooded. And let's say you're going to work right after. Girl, we ain't trying to mess up your work day. <laughs> awesome. That was perfect. Next one, universal basic income and good cheap housing would cure many people's mental health issues. When I went to CBT, I was extremely poor. I realized that my real problem was having to live off my friends. If everyone knew they had enough cash to survive and they could afford the rent, they would concentrate on making a good life for themselves. 30 seconds on the clock, how do you respond? Yeah, that's interesting. I do think that because before I was a therapist, I was a social worker. Then in order for us to really deal with our issues, we do need our basic needs met. So to a degree, I do agree with you. Now, the solution as to how we do that, whether it's through basic income, I don't know. But I do believe that we need our basic needs met in order to deal with inner issues. All right, next one. Sitting down for therapy is a terrible idea. The flowers, the box of tissues, and sympathetic looks make me nervous. Please start to combine therapy with an art session or a good walk. It would help many people. 30 seconds on the clock. How do you respond? I agree with you. Listen, I have some of my clients who do phone therapy. And like I said, let's take a walk together. I'm taking a walk. They're taking a walk. There's trees. There's cars in the background. You have to do what works for you. If movement is what you need to feel, then you have to find a therapist that is willing to accommodate your needs. Last one. 
We should all be therapists. We need to mix the generations more and talk to each other. A lot of therapy involves someone with little life experience nodding in a room. Why can't we talk to people who have been through similar things? 30 seconds on the clock, how do you respond? Well, you know, I wish it was that simple. It does seem like that sometimes, that that's what you're receiving. But I do think that, you know, if you feel called to be a therapist, you should do it. Should everyone do it? Not necessarily, but it does involve um, being aware of yourself and aware of others and knowing the tools to help your clients. Awesome. You did an awesome job. And just to remind people who are listening for the first time, this is impromptu. She had no idea what scenarios I was going to get to. I did not. And she was able to just respond to it with the organic responses that she had. And it was very, very helpful and useful, I think. And I had a return on the investment with your responses. And I hope everyone else listening um, was able to take um, from those responses. And maybe some of those unpopular opinions belong to you or you could resonate with them. And then hearing it from a therapist perspective could be helpful. So before we close out, there are two things that I would like to accomplish. And one is for you to share how people can connect with you. Please mention those books, where the website is and any of your social media platforms. And then if you could, after that, just close with a self-tivity statement. For those who are listening for the first time, a self-tivity statement is something I made up. Self-tivity is a word I made up. And it's investing in your health, your well-being, and your mindset. And so the self-tivity statements are close to affirmations. Um, you have the affirmation in the beginning, but the formula is, what are you going to affirm in your life? Plus, what intentional action you know that you can do today that helps support that affirmation? So if I say, I'm rich, then what am I doing each day to support my richness? So I can be rich because each day I invest an hour in my business so that I can make it prosper and become rich. Um, that's a self-tivity statement. Jenny, I appreciate you being here. Go ahead and share with everyone how they can connect with you. So before I do so, I have to give you your props. Listen, for those, if you haven't subscribed to Dan- Danny's channel, please support your girl for free. Subscribe. And hit that notification bell because you don't know what she's going to drop next. Okay. And please comment as well because that helps the algorithms. What are you taking with you today from this conversation? But yes. So going back to you want to hear my like a, my mantra and sort of speak. Yeah. Your self-tivity statement. So what is the affirmation and what are you doing to support that in one sentence? Yes. Okay. So uh, my affirmation is that I am enough and I am content and will make a difference in this world. And how am I doing that each day? I'm taking moments to laugh. Believe it or not, children laugh hundreds of times a day, but we probably a few times as adults. So I'm learning to laugh and not take myself too seriously. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I'm doing that. How I'm making a difference is through my book. You want to reach out to me, you can follow me. My website is Cobbs Creek Publishing. And Cobbs Creek comes from the natives land in Philadelphia. It was called Cobbs Creek. And so I wanted to keep that name in remembrance for them, Cobbs Creek Publishing. And this is our award-winning book, Learning About IET 80. I also have a COVID support book. And our books are written in multiple languages. English, of course, French, Spanish, and Haitian Creole. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Cobbs Creek Publishing and definitely check out my YouTube channel as well. Did I leave anything else out? Your website for therapy sessions? Yes, it's restorative 
therapyinfo, and we offer is all telehealth, uh, individual and group sessions. And I actually have a group for Black women. Mm. Since we were talking about that because our voices need to be heard. Yes. Oh, this is so impactful. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you being with us today. Uh, for those who had a return on the investment of this conversation, please do us a favor. As mentioned before, leave us a comment, like this episode, share this episode. I think it's going to be really helpful because we can find another Black therapist for those who are finding a Black therapist. But yes. I also find this to mention, so you are the Black therapist. Do you work with people who aren't Black? Yes, I do. Okay, I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to yeah, point that out. I work with everyone. I don't discriminate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Tell me about you. Do you have a practice, Danny? Like for therapy? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I consider myself a self-investment storyteller. So the way that I position that is I want mm-hmm. to be the intentional friend that you come to. That's mm-hmm. not just going to give you advice based on, you know, trying to be on your side, but really walking right. you through the question. So, and I've learned that through my relationship with all of my friends and most of the people who just call me is usually because they know that I'm going to give them that perspective. That's mm-hmm. a healthy thing in perspective. And I've learned that about myself, that that's one of my gifts is that I can go through that with you and journey yeah. that with you with intentional questions. Like, well, why do you think that happened? Because sometimes when you get to, on a girlfriend talk, you want to lean towards your, your girlfriend and how they feel. But sometimes as well, how did you get yourself in that position? Can we at least walk through that, not to shame that friend for a decision. Yeah. If we don't realize where we come in, that self-awareness journey, then we're going to keep repeating that mistakes and then we're going to have enablers to say, yeah, girl, you did the right thing. So that's what I consider mine, this, the storyteller to be there to talk to you. Okay. Talk to you. I appreciate therapists. I don't think I could definitely be one. Just everybody coming to me, it's a gift to be able to do yeah. that. I thought about it though. I actually went to school for family science and it was one of the things that I could see myself doing, but more of in like a counseling with the family. Yeah. No, I love that. And you know what? I'm a fan of your channel and I view you as a modern day anthropologist. And yes. in her life, <laughs> she, look at the beautiful locks. You know, I have to give you props as a sister. Yes. yes. It well. <laughs> I appreciate you. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank you again. I look forward to connecting with you on the other podcast, which is motherhood focus and creating those intentional well-being journeys for our children as well. So and I know you will be a great talk on there. So maybe we'll have a little bit more time on there so we can get your goodies there. That's all we have today. Until next time, hold on to you as much as you can. Hold on to your health, your being, and your mind. Be mindful. Did you have anything else to say? I don't know. I, I was with the... <laughs> oh, that's good. You wrapped it up very well. Okay. All right, guys. Bye.